probably all the heat of the extreme heat. Yeah, yeah, that's probably part of it. It's warm in Seattle. <clears throat> What's going on? Climate change. <laughs> that's the most depressing answer. But and, it's true. And true. <laughs> that's exactly, I mean, what do you want me to say? That it's not. Um, but that would be fake news. Oh, don't say that word. <laughs> oh, we have an audience. I just realized that. <laughs> deep in my heart. Just, just so everybody knows who's watching the video, Jason Sachs is in the audience. He's going to be on the podcast soon. Hello, world. Did you just wave in front of the camera? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I just looked into the camera, so we're already uh, we're, we're a, already screwed. A top notch. Yep. Um, Steve Haskey's here. How you doing, Steve? Uh, well, aside from my aside from my throat being a little bit dry, uh, pretty pretty well. I yeah, think. it's it's warm in Seattle. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about the ch climate change. We could spend a whole episode on it. We could, but we shouldn't. Uh, let's talk about other things instead. By the way, I was going to tell you this before the show. But I will just tell you on the show. Okay. Have you ever played Earthbound? No. Well, uh, yeah. That was a, a weird beginning. A little bit. <laughs> not Maybe. much. Not much. Not much of it. But you know of it. Yes, I know of it. So this guy, Ken Bauman, who we found about through the podcast, mm -hmm. um, wrote this book on boss fight books, which is about kind of a history of Earthbound. I think I know that book. Oh, do you? Yeah. It's over at uh, Pink Gorilla. Oh, okay. Friend of the show, Kelsey. Nice. Uh, is is store. And uh, it's a really cool book, and it reminded me of Earthbound, and it's his experiences with the game, and then kind of a history of the game as well. And so I went back to it, and it is, it's incredible. Like, it's like a really good RPG, because it isn't trying, I don't know if it's because it came out before a lot of the tropes, but it isn't really trying to do all the things that everyone's done. It just is its own thing, mm -hmm. and has comedy in it, and it's just... You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it just feels so unique to this day. Even though I haven't played very much of it, um, the director kind of reminds me of like a Japanese new wave director. Oh, interesting. Um, in 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 just kind of the way that you, that you were yeah that you were saying like he, he just kind of does his own thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally. It doesn't really matter uh, what you might expect from an RPG. Uh, he's just gonna you know give you the the, the story. That, uh, a Hideo Kojima kind of way. Kinda, yeah. Like this is just my thing. Kojima is definitely not any anything like a Japanese new wave director. Though. I know, and I just realized as soon as I said his <laughs> name, I was like, no one's like him. Well, he's very unique. Yes, but uh, um, he's very unique. But he, he he also wears his influences on his sleeve a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, it's just interesting how it can stand the test of time. That's all. And oh, I think yeah. I realized that. I was like, oh wait, I could just play through this whole game right now, and I'm gonna. So I'm doing that. Anyways, I just you should you should check it out if you never played it and beat it or anything. I mean, I I did get a, a, a SNES Classic Mini. Oh right, the, it's not on there, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's on there. Oh, that's so smart of them. Okay, well now I get I have to get one of those. I mean, I I got one for Super Metroid, which I. Oh yeah, which I just finished uh, like a month ago or something. Like for the first time ever. Yeah, I had, I mean I had played it um, when I was a kid, um, or I guess when I was a teenager because I didn't have an SNES when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 an amazing game. It's it's really incredible. Is it? Um, someone was saying that the controllers are they the same standard size? Yeah, they're the same. Okay. The same cool. size. Some, I thought there was some new, like, modern system came out. The controls were, like, smaller than the regular ones. But it's not that one. 
I think that was the Genesis. The oh, okay. Genesis. Yeah, it's weird. The, I mentioned this on last episode, I think. I can't remember, but the Commodore 64 has a mini coming out. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, let's talk about other things. Um, well, so you are a writer. You have written things. Uh, yes, I have, I have written Wait, would you say you're not a writer? No, I, I, would, I would say I'm a writer. I'd say I'm a writer. I, I would say it. Writer or, or creative type in general. Yeah. Because I do stuff other than writing. Oh, totally. Well, we'll talk about maybe at the end of the podcast about us working on some sort of film. Yeah, we, we, could, you we could possibly do that. keep pinging me about, come on, we got to do this film. <laughs> do this film. Um, other than that, what are you into? Because this uh, whole podcast is about things we're into. And I have plenty of things. Which some of them are writing type, story book type things, which I'll get to later. But what are you into? Are um, there things you're into? Yeah, lately I've been into uh, documentaries, particularly about sort of the spread of communism in Southeast Asia in the 60s. Okay, hold lately. on. Hold and on. Hold on. I wasn't ready for that answer. <laughs> Nobody ever is. Okay. And it's warm in here, and I'm starting to sweat. And it you is just said warm in communism. Here. Let's keep. Let's. Okay. What. What do you mean? Okay. So. You Give know, me an example that you're watching. Um, so, uh, I just watched, um, let's see, I've watched a few of them. Oh, um, no, this is related to the spread of communism. So I I watched, uh, I watched, uh, The Act of Killing. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing too. It's amazing too. You're right. It's an incredible film. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. And then I also watched, um, uh, The Look of Silence, the sort of sequel. Oh, right. To it. That um, came out recently, right? The Look of Silence one? Or? 2014. Okay, yeah. Uh, two years after the uh, uh, the act of killing. But uh, basically, the act of killing is about how, uh, uh, what was it, 1965, I think, um, there was a, basically a military coup in Indonesia, and um, a dictatorship uh, took over, and they basically uh, had this uh, genocide um, of anybody who was... Um, against the against the country, against the dictatorship, they just labeled them as communists and killed them. Yeah. Um, and um, what's interesting about that story is that uh, even though the dictatorship d- uh, dissolved basically in, in Indonesia is unofficially a democracy, or I guess they 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 call themselves a democracy now. Uh, that happened in the late '90s, I would say. Um, those people, uh, everybody uh, who was involved in, in those killings, basically still in power. Yeah, so it's a democracy, but yeah. not really. Um, so basically the act of killing, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, follows uh, a, a group of, of these death squad leaders uh, who, who were in charge of, of killings in Jakarta and the, in, in that general area uh, around, and they, they boast about their, uh, you know, <laughs> their exploits. Yeah. Uh, at that point, the country was was still hailing them as as heroes, or they were looked at uh, in, in popular culture as heroes. And what's what's really interesting and, and super surreal about the film is that um, the director actually got in touch with these guys and said, "If there was any way that you could recreate um, sort of your past glories, uh, and and you had the ability to do that, how would you do it?" And uh, let's let's basically let's basically do it. Mm. Uh, so they 
staged all these really kind of insane scenes that were um, influenced very heavily by Western, uh, you know, films, action films and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, about how great it is to kill communists. And yeah. it's just really... It's messed up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really messed up. Uh, so enjoy that in your Netflix if you want some <laughs> heartwarming <laughs> thing to watch. But no, it is important to watch and is important to know from history. Talking about that earlier, even tonight, about how history is so important. Uh, know what happened. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. have to understand what happened. Uh, and we do repeat ourselves a lot. Well, actually, uh, they just... Uh, Ken Burns' Vietnam just... Oh, just I got, love that, yeah. yeah. just got put on Netflix. I should say I love that. And again, it's <laughs> I don't love what happened. Um, it is done very masterfully. It's it's it's, it's really beautiful. interesting because I, I think uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people, or at least a lot of Americans, probably when they think about communism in the, in the 60s, they think... If they think about it at all, uh, they probably think just in terms of Vietnam. But it had a huge impact on on uh, a lot of different countries. Oh yeah, in 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 that part well, of the world, as a lot of a lot of conflicts do. Yeah, you know what I mean, like people, especially in this country, I think, think that here's the point A to point B, and here's the thing that's happening, mm -hmm. whether it be terrorism or whatever. Um, and it isn't. It affects everything. We are a global community. We are to get into this book that I'm reading. Uh, we have no idea, which the camera can see, but the podcast can't listen to see, uh, is, that was in English, it, you know, the idea that we're all connected, it sounds very new agey, but it's just the factual truth. Like, literally everything is connected by particles that kind of don't even separate. Um, we're actually made of things that aren't particles. They're just points in space-time mm -hmm. uh, that think that they should be certain things. So, my point is... Everything's connected. Yeah. And so, so one little conflict is not one little conflict. Yeah, yeah, of, of course not. Um, and so I've, I've been watching uh, a bunch of documentaries um, that deal with this issue from um, the perspective of, of, of different countries. Yeah, I'm into it. I want to know the, your full list. Uh, maybe off podcast, give me the full list. Yeah, because I can't remember any yeah, that's <laughs> fine. of them right now. You got a couple of them, that's good. And then we'll put those in the show notes. Um, you know, something similar to that is I've been watching this trailer called Assassination Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from the Russo brothers who did Captain America, uh, Witcher the, Soldier. They're the, best, they're the best directors in, in the, the MCU. Whoa, that is some drop the mic stuff. <laughs> really? They're, oh, no, okay, okay. Bite your tongue because what's his butt from Thor Ragnarok? Uh, I mean, he's great, but Ragnarok is not my favorite. You can go. You can go. Jason, Jason's a visitor. You can't see him. He's off camera. Jason, get him out of here about james gunn well we already talked about him last episode we don't want to talk about james right. gunn i have an update on james gunn the cast wants him back yeah so the russo brothers the russo brothers made a movie studio and they are working on a film called assassination nation Okay. Which I bring up because we're talking about past and even present, what's going on right now with a lot of stuff. Um, and it's really about uh, if someone's information online got leaked, what would that do? Mm. And not just the simple things you think it would do, but like the actual idea of, oh, wait, the whole town has their information leaked. And will people like get mad at each other? Will they fight each other? Will they, what will they do? And that's what the movie's about. So it's called Assassination Nation. I'm like obsessed with it. 
Hmm. It hasn't come out yet, so. When's it supposed to come out? You know, I could look that up, but I didn't. Well, that's okay. There's a trailer. Uh, at any rate, what I was going to say about the Russo brothers is they they know how to edit uh, in a very kinetic way that I think is missing from right. pretty much every other Marvel movie. Okay. Uh, and, and and it just it just works really well because if there's one thing that um, that bothers me about about comic book films in general is that a lot of them uh, and and I unfortunately noticed this a lot with Ragnarok. Um, as much as I love Taika Waititi as a director, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of wide shots, um, which you know that's fine, um, but they they do this thing, especially in Ragnarok. I, I felt like uh, where the there's there there I guess there isn't enough editing, um, and with the amount of CG that you have, it just kind of makes it this sort of amorphous blob that's washing over you. So now we're we're now we're doing this then. We're talking about Ragnarok versus that's what's happening. Now. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Um and it just it just made all the action in, in in the movie very dull to me. Well, what I did is I decided that because he was the guy who made We Are in the Shadows and he is the comedy guy and he's the New Zealander, right, whatever, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was just going to be that movie. And so I wasn't thinking of it as an action movie. Well, well see, that's the other thing. Um, I, I didn't like it because, or I, I, was, I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I should say that I was disappointed in it uh, or with it because um, I felt like uh, probably probably for, for studio reasons, um, he still had to make it like a Marvel film. Mm. So when it's, when it's him just being Taika Waititi, it's great. Right. Um, but then there are moments where... Oh, I get what you mean. It, it, there's, it's just very atonal. You get yeah. a lot of tonal whiplash. Okay, you know what? You're not wrong there because I can see like when he does his thing, you're like, yeah, that's his film. That's what he's doing. And when he doesn't, it's like, oh, he, he's got to fill the space with Marvel stuff. Yeah, they, they should have just let him make his film. Yeah. That's that's my that's right because then it would have been darker and weirder. Okay, so we agree we agree on that. There's nothing I nothing I disagree with you on what you just said. Okay. Uh, that being said, Assassination Nation, check it out. It's gonna be a thing, and it's from the studio that they made, which I think is interesting. You have directors who are like awesome and do really good, and they're on top of the game, and they make a studio, uh, and then what movies come out of that? I'm interested. Yeah, that should be uh, definitely. That's all I'm saying. Worthwhile. Yeah. Um, let's talk about writing and books for a minute. Okay. If you want, because yeah. you know, you do the writing. I do the writing. I think I decided that like you get into a certain age and you go, here's the things I'm good at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And writing I can do like in an article, like I can do like a good article, a good blog post, a good update, <laughs> you know, and like a pretty long piece, but not like writing. Yeah. And I think that's a certain skill set. Um, so it's not mine. But I feel like it's yours, because what I've read from you, I, I really enjoy. Well, thanks, Carlos. Yeah, um, I I've actually struggled with fiction writing uh, myself, but recently I've been doing some screenwriting, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and I still have another thing to to share with you, um, which I need to finish tonight. But I'm pretty close to being done with it. Uh, and it's been going really well, um, like. In a session, I've been able to, to, to bang out like three or four pages usually, hmm. which is... That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's pretty good. I yeah. Would say. That's um, sweet. And I, I don't know if it's because it's it's marrying my my love of film with uh, my love of fiction, um, or if it's because I I sort of when I visualize things, I often visualize them as as films, I guess. Mm. Uh, but for whatever reason, the the screenplay format just seems to be uh, working well with me. And that's it, good because a lot of people doesn't. I mean, like I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a lot of direction. And a lot of like extra pieces that isn't just writing. Mm -hmm. So if it's if it's in your brain, like that's that's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up with movies, um, and I've always loved movies. And and basically, when I was a teenager, I decided that I was going to start studying film, um, and you know, just kind of get good at figuring out what things you know mean or developing my analytical skills for. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think probably just because of that uh, and just because I've, I, I watch so many films um, it's uh, it's really helped me develop that that skill of, of just being able to internalize uh, uh, or to to externalize yeah if that's a word is that a word yeah it's a word okay um, yeah to, to externalize what it, what's in my head um, yeah which which already again kind of looks like a, a film which it's shot it's edited like a film so it's hard to do because i remember i was working on this um it's something much different but it was a, a twitter a live twitter game which some of the people on the internet know about um for lifeline it was this kind of like interactive adventure and it wasn't just storytelling it was definitely direction it was definitely like selling telling the people who are following this uh story which was real for anybody listening or watching and really happened. But, uh, like character goes here, this happens to this character, yeah. like the exposition, the exposition of outside of just the thoughts and the words and the dialogue. And that was, yeah, it was definitely not easy for me. Like it wasn't something that came second nature. I was like, Oh, that's like a difficult thing to do. Well, I mean, I'm still, very, very intimidated by the idea of, of writing like a novel. Oh, geez, who does that? <laughs> Novelists. Novelists. Novelists I write novels. Uh, I mean, I, I, I the, the the type of fiction I read, which is a lot of genre stuff. A lot, I read a lot of pulp and um, and like crime fiction. Um, it, well, it is probably a reason I I, I read that stuff um, and I identify with it uh, as a writer um, because a lot of it is. Um, true of, to you well it's kind of more simplified in terms of what's on the page oh so, right so if i was going to sit down and write like a crime story uh i feel like even though that would be very difficult i could probably do it whereas you know i'm not going to write something like i don't know murakami or, or franzen or oh, murakami's so good oh, i love murakami he's my he's my favorite i writer. feel like he just did a new book am i wrong or did I just pick up a book that I felt like it was a new book? Uh, he has done a new book, but it's not out here yet. It's okay. Out in October, I think what happened, think. yeah, that might be right. I think I picked up an old book that to me was new because I hadn't I read it yet. I forget which one it was, but every yeah. time he brings me into a world that's like so amazing. I, I actually went on a Murakami bender, um, like I guess it was late last year. I read that's like, a good name for the episode, by the way, Murakami bender. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like. Yeah, that I read like six or seven of his books. Holy crap. That's the other thing. I think I feel like maybe I'm wrong here, but can writers like read more? That's like writers a... have to read more. I think. Oh, there you um, go. That might be it. I mean, it, I'm I'm always shouting this from the rooftops uh, to anyone who will who will 
bother listening to me. Um, but people don't read enough in general. A hundred percent. We bring that up on the podcast all the time. That's why there's a book on this table. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's great. Um, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but in order to be a good writer, I think, or in order to keep that, that skill, uh, uh honed, you really have to read. Yeah. Um, cause if you're, if you're just not reading or you're just reading stuff online, doesn't, well, that doesn't count. You know, it's huge. Um, it's like, it's the inspiration part of it too. Right. It, it kind of reminds you of stuff. Like I read Douglas Adams. Yeah. And immediately want to write like a sci-fi novel. Yeah. Just because like yeah, you exactly. just feel like, oh yeah, that that joke, that humor, that stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, here's a couple books I have for you. Uh, Mike Rice, do you know him? Uh, I don't know him. Simpsons. He worked on Simpsons forever. He's like one of the last people working still. There. Okay. He, he his name was familiar, so that's yeah. probably why. He wrote this new book called Simpsons Confidential: Joke Secrets and Outright Lies from a lifetime writing for the Simpsons. Oh, that sounds um, cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I haven't bought it yet, but that's my next purchase. And um, I just brought that up because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Simpsons. You've watched them. Of I'm, course, yeah. I'm guessing that you love, like, all of us, the Conan years. Yeah. The Was it season four or five and six, whatever. There's these golden years of the Simpsons. And um, I just wrote down on my notes, follow the Simpsons. There's like a million YouTube videos that's, that talk about why that happened and whatever, but... I was thinking about that the other day, actually. It's not the same, so... No, I mean, well, I, I, I think... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say anything profound here that, that uh, you haven't already thought of, but uh, it's just what happens to a show that's been on the, on the air for 30 years. You can't... Can't sustain it. Yeah, you can't sustain it. You can't stay relevant. You can't stay on top of things. Um, also, you know, TV changes, the form changes, comedy changes. Uh, I think that's important too, the comedy changing. Oh yeah. It's, it's actually, um, speaking of that, even, even the new season of Arrested Development uh, mm. feels a little, mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, it, the, the, the comedy has changed out from under it because, because Mitch Hurwitz has, has taken such a long time. Yeah, you're right. That is a hundred percent because like when it first came out, I was, we were all, I mean, I know I was going to say I, but like we all were like, yeah, what is this? Wait, what? Why is the format like that? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and now it's, it's changed so much. I mean, even just from, from season four to season five. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that, that five year gap. You know, it's funny also because you have Archer now, you like Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody listening, you should check out Archer if you have never heard of it. It's ridiculous. Um, I like it a lot. And I mean, definitely one of the women, I forgot her name. I feel bad, but the mother, she's one of the voices in Archer. And, um, I just feel like it's almost like that same style of, Oh, look at this. Uh, you obviously it should be this, but nope, we're crazy. And it's this, that was maybe a bad description. (laughs) But that was a very bad description. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for grading my description. I could feel that it was wrong as I was saying it. Maybe, maybe an example if you have one. Okay, um, so some outlandish thing happens, but to the characters it's normal. Yeah. And like outlandish things happen on Earth's development, and they're kind of like just kind of going with it. Um, and an archer that happens to the nth degree, and so now if you're not there, like what are you doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. almost like it's it's ruined it for. Then you go back to that, and you're like, yeah, well, we already know that that's what happens. Jessica Walter, that's her name. That thank you very much. Yeah. And you didn't even have the internet. I, I just it just popped into for my your head. brain. I knew it was Jessica something. Yeah, she's awesome, yeah, and that show's great. And she basically plays Lucille in the right. In, in, There's in no Archer. There's well, no difference. So. Yeah. 
So anyways, uh, yeah, The Fall of Simpsons is because of, we can we can say this right now on the podcast, that it's because of the comedy changing, kind of. Yeah. And I things being com- done before. Between comedy and TV, I think. Yeah. What is TV anymore? There's no TV. Uh, another book is called Obscura that I found out from the internet. Uh, this girl named Jackie on Twitter. It's all I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll look up the Twitter name. It says, thanks to Jackie on Twitter. She knows who she is. Obscura. Obscura. So here's the definition of obscura, and this is why I wanted to read it. Because, again, you just, what I do for this show is I just go to the internet, and I just take things in. So this is one of the things I took in. In the near future. I wish you did this kind of in a voice. I need the headphones for that. (laughs) I'm going to do the headphones. Okay. Although I can't even hear myself. So just everybody knows on the podcast, my voice has got a problem. Like I have, it's like an alien voice. I am, if you're watching the video, I'm very far away from the microphone, and I'm, like, still competing with him who's closer. Yeah, and, and well, my voice is also probably quieter, even though I have a, a, a deep voice. So it is quiet and deep. Anyways, I'll read this without the headphones. In the near future, an aggressive and terrifying new form of dementia is affecting victims of all ages. This already sounds sad, but... The cause is unknown and the symptoms are disturbing. Dr. Jillian Ryan is on the cutting edge of research and desperately determined to find a cure. She's already lost her husband to the disease, and now her young daughter is slowly succumbing as well. After losing her funding, she is given the unique unique opportunity to expand her research. She will travel with a NASA team to a space station where the crew has been stricken with symptoms of the similar inexplicable psychosis, memory loss, trances, trances, and violent, uncontrollable impulses. It's like a horror, creepy story. Hmm. Crippled by a secret addiction and suffering from creeping paranoia, Jillian finds her journey becoming a nightmare as unexplainable and violent events plague the mission. Uh, That goes on to say, merging thrilling science fiction adventure with mind-bending psychological suspense. Wall Street Journal, best-selling author Joe Hart, explores both the vast mysteries of outer space and this is what got me, an even darker unknown that lies within ourselves. We went from Christopher Nolan to David Fincher. Boom. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. I mean, like it felt like yeah, like uh, Event Horizon or something. Like, well, because they go to space. And also, did you see what's that movie? Oh my goodness, the deer movie. Um, so, yeah, killing, killing of a sacred deer. deer. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. That felt like that too, because there's like this thing that you don't know why it's happening. Mm-hmm. And like, by the way, podcast listeners, killing of a sacred deer. Although I, I don't even want to recommend it because it's disturbing as hell. But if you like disturbing, I, I would actually just recommend the director, um, the lobsters, Yorgos, probably better. Lanthimos is that is that his? You can go for it. I, I think I think that's I think that's his last name. I like the lobster better. The lobster is, in my opinion, also yeah, uh, it, it is a better, better movie. Yeah. Um, both are both are worth seeing though, and he is definitely a director to to watch. His, yeah, his films are extremely unique. They are very unique, so check those out as well as check out Joe Hart in this book called Obscura because it seems really interesting. I mean, I, I've never heard of something like this, so I'm into it. David Lynch uh, just put out his autobiography. What? Yeah, it's like 600 pages. It's out now. Yeah, I'm super excited to read it. Purchasing it tonight. Yeah. Literally, I get paid at midnight. I'm going to purchase it at midnight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's awesome. I'm running it down. Uh, I have a space in here because we're already out of time because we had a weird uh, episode today. Uh, your film. Do you want to talk about it? You're doing a short film. I'm helping you with it, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> unless, well, you, unless you don't want to tell the world. 
but I'm already saying it. Uh, I mean, yes, I'm 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 doing short film. Uh, hopefully, it will be done in the next. Well, I mean, it will be done in the next few weeks. So. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. Um. Um. It's. Uh. I don't know. I guess it's kind of a psychological. Well. Horror, sort of. It fits perfectly with my last story, then. Yeah. It's basically that. But no, no. We can't say what it is, right? You want to say what it is? It's about a thing. It is about a thing. It's about, <laughs> That's a, it. it's about an object. It's about an object, and it's psychological horror. Uh, no, it's going to be cool. And we'll uh, put a link in the show notes when you guys, when you fin- finish it. Yeah. Uh, and I will um, be working on it a little bit. So that's cool. Anything else that you're into you want to bring up before we end, before we're done? Uh, Wong Kar Wai. Oh, what, what is that again now? <laughs> that is a director. Right. He is a person. Yes, he is a person. And what does he do now? Um, well, he is uh, he's a very famous um, Chinese director. Um, and, uh, he made films like, uh, Chunking Express and In the Mood for Love. Okay. Um, if you've heard of those. I have heard of them. 20, or 2046. I've heard of that and I want it to be a sci-fi thing and it's not, or is it? Uh, it's, it's not really. Not really, yeah. but it's, yeah. Isn't it like lovey or something about romance? Not, no. no not, okay. I mean. I don't know what this movie is. I'm thinking of another 2000 movie. Yeah, I, I, okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't know which movie you're thinking. Well, anyway, so are you? What are you watching new from him, or something new, or is he? No, I've, I've just been. I've been going through um, some of his old films. Um, he has what what they what people consider an unofficial trilogy, uh, which uh, it, which starts with um, oh, what is it called? Not Wild at Heart. That's David Lynch. Um, oh, that's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's Wizard of Oz. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Days of Being Wild. Um, okay. And then and then it goes to uh, In the Mood for Love, um, which seemingly has nothing to do with the first film. Um, and then 2046 is, is the end of the trilogy, which is sort of an unofficial sequel, but characters behave in a different way. So you can kind of... It's up to you if you want to interpret it as, like, it being a sequel that takes place in, like, an alternate universe or something. Hmm. Or if it's just about... Uh, a profound transformation that happens in the main character between the two films. Um, but he is actually speaking of Murakami, he, he reminds me a lot of him. Mm. Um, doesn't play with magical realism really, but has the same sort of idiosyncrasies, I think. Um, and if you look at, um, Murakami's more grounded stories, Right, that, he can go there. He can go there. That yeah, deal, yeah. that deal with relationships. Uh, Wong Kar Wai, I think does that, Really, really well. In the Mood for Love, particularly, is one of the best films I've seen in ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on Filmstruck, if you, if you, uh, if the listeners have a subscription to that. Did you say Filmstruck? Uh, yeah. How, how, how do I not know what Filmstruck is? I, I don't know. I know all the digital services, but I don't know that one. It's, what is that? It's Criterion and T- TCM's streaming service. That's really cool, and I can't believe I don't know about it. I can't believe you don't know about it either. How expensive is it? Uh, it's about the same price as Netflix. It's like 10 or $11 and or something. And there's like a, a ton of films, I'm guessing. Yeah. All Criterion and... Uh, so I, I thought it was all Criterion, but I think... I, actually, I think it is all Criterion, but it's not all available at once. Or they, they rotate it out mm. or something. Um, so, I, so there is a certain amount of rotation that, that comes out, but, but Criterion is so vast yeah. that... I, I honestly don't think that you ever really if, if you're if you're a movie lover you're never gonna run out. Of oh no yeah to totally. 
I am going to get that too. I'm going to get the David Lynch book and I'm going to get a subscription to that thing because that sounds great. Oh, yeah. It's, There's like a ton of stuff it's I want amazing. to watch. Also, for, for some reason, um, a lot of Wong Kar Wai's films are not available on streaming services, so they have they have mm. some of them. They have In the Mood for Love. Cool. Well, I wrote um, both, both, uh, both of them down. And I will say this. This kind of brings up one kind of final point. Um, it is tiring and it is tricky that there's so many services. Oh, yeah. The positive is that we got away from cable. Mm -hmm. The negative is we might pay more. Unless we have friends. Unless we have friends and we share services. Honestly, I, I kind of think everybody's doing that these days. I guess I share it with like, I share mine with people, but I just feel like I don't feel comfortable enough not knowing if the service will be on or off to see an episode. Like HBO has to be me. Like I have to, I buy HBO. You know what I mean? If someone else wants to borrow, that's cool. But I need to see Sharp Objects, which is a series I'm watching. Um, and so, yeah, I guess they are. But I think I, I probably spend 40 to 50 at least. I mean, I know I do. 40 to 50 at least on a, a month. You Film, don't? Filmstruck is the only one that I, that I, that I pay for. Well, no, I'm going to add it. And you're going to make me make, spend $60. Thanks a lot, Steve Maskey. Um Where can people find you on the Twitters and all the other stuff? Or do you do that stuff? You do that stuff. Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, so my Twitter handle is afraid to merge. Um, that's right. Fun trivia if you can if you can guess what that's from, because it's not just me being afraid to drive because that would be weird, dumb and yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll leave that in the hands of, of the audience if they want okay. to try and figure that out. And um, I don't know. I freelance for Vice, but I haven't really been doing that recently because I've been working on other stuff. Uh, and I guess uh, soon I'll have my short film out. So. We'll put a link. Yeah, we'll put a link. We'll put, let people know. I guess and I'll start a Vimeo. Are you going to do that? Yeah, probably. Unless, it's, it, unless, it's, unless it's like... Well, it's so weird. They do this thing where like they give you like high-quality uploads, but then like you have to wait in queues. Hmm. Like like once you upload it, they're like, cool, we're going to give you all this stuff for free, but you got to wait. And I was like, i got to wait to upload something? We'll talk about that offline. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. But I will say also this before. I was supposed to lead with this is that you are one of maybe four or five people that have been on all the things that I've created in Seattle. Yes. Video Game Break, the failed, which I love saying, failed TV <laughs> show, which was also Video Game Break. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was just Video Game Break, the TV show. Yeah. Failed, but you were on it. I was Great on guest. It. Great show. Great episode. I should repurpose that. I'm gonna, I'll just cut that out, and I'll just put it back up as a lot of things. People don't know. People don't know. Even though I just said it. No, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, even even if they do know, they'll say, Even oh, if they yeah. do know, you know what? We talk about Mad Max on that episode, don't we? Did we? I or don't was remember. that Brad Gallery? Uh, that might have been Brad. Okay. What did we talk about? I don't remember. Shadow Mordor? No. Hmm. Anyways, I'll put that up <laughs> so I remember what we talked about. Cause <laughs> yeah, because neither of us do, obviously. But uh, And then now you're on this show. You're a, you're a threefer. You're a trifecta. No, yeah, I'm honored. Well, I'm honored to have you. Uh, people, go back to watch the old episodes. Not watch, listen to. There's a 154, 5, 6, whenever this goes up, uh, of them. And if you go back to even, like, episode 4, there's, like, stuff in there that I still, like, watch or that you might have not seen. Like, Altered Carbon was, like, a thing a long time ago that I talked about on this show. Yeah, which I still haven't seen. There I'm you go. super behind on TV because I watch movies. Right. But I think a lot of people are behind on everything because there's so much stuff. Well, yeah. Some might say a lot of things. Well, yeah, and and that's and not to not to go on a tangent, but that is that is the the thing you kind of have to pick something. Right. Well, I guess if people people watch the show, open up the Google, 
put up tabs, and then just put in the stuff that we say, and then go check it out later. Yep. So go back and watch old episodes. And as of this recording, we uh, might be hitting 20,000 plays uh, on this podcast, which is so great. So thank you so much for listening. I can't believe it. So thank you so much for listening. And with that, I think that's it. There's going to be a live show coming at some point, but that's all in the works. And go check out filmstruck.com. I want to check that out. Steve, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And thanks for dealing with the heat because it's Seattle. That's, I mean, it's global warming. It's, yeah. We're all dying. It's everywhere. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Should we do a separate podcast now? It's the the remaining of the recording on that GoPro that's just talking about how we're screwed. We could. We shouldn't. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.